Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. And Frank. Okay. Live from a studio audience, it's Pottercast 180. Oh God, what, what 188? Yes. In, oh God, this is going to be unbearable. Um, hey everybody! Yay! John got a new toy. John everybody. has toys. They've already guessed it. John, you got. I'm Melissa once again. It's another week, and here with John, Sue, and Frack, Woo. and very, very special guests, Paul DeGeorge and Matt Giacomo. Hey, Sue. Yes, it's birthday. Thank you. I'm 21 again, everyone. Magic. It's marvelous. <laughs> awesome. Hey. So what's on, what's on tap this week, guys? We have a lot of fun stuff to cover. We have um, our news. We have a bit by bit, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, we have a bit by bit, which the lovely studio audience will not be hearing. Um, nope. Sorry. And we're going to have to spend some time talking to Paul and Matt about the multitude of things that they do with the HP lines and Wizard Rock and everything else. I love that John is pointing out any cheesy ending to a phrase of mine or something by putting a sound effect. <laughs> I love it. I don't know what you're talking about. can't believe you guys send this out for free. I know. I know. It's I a know. bonus, isn't it? <laughs> hey, need a podcast box set. Oh, Thank you, Matt. Oh, man. All right, Sue, please save us by telling us what's in the news. What in the world is in the news? Um, I hate to start out on a serious note, but I, I, I think this is very important and it is something that can affect all of us. Last May, we heard about the uh, tragic death of a young man by the name of Robert Knox. He was an actor who was featured in the upcoming um, Harry Potter and Half-Blood Prince. Um, he had gone out with his brother and he was at a bar and he was attacked and he was killed. Um, the killer was found recently, was found guilty in a court of law in England. He has now been sentenced to life in prison. I know that's very sombering news, but yeah. um, it, justice can be done, and it's just very tragic that the kind of violence that we can see, even in the Harry Potter books, can be in real life. And uh, I, I just thought it would be a disservice not to mention that. Yeah. That, that, yeah. You know, so. uh, well, let's move uh, on quickly. Now, let's talk about music. Okay, we're going to talk on a happier note now. Get it? Music talk, and we're going to talk about the music from the Harry Potter. I, I know, I'm sorry, cheesy. But Harry Potter oh, she doesn't get a sound and the Half Blood Prince. I know. Scoo Explosion. I'll be good. But uh, yeah. that video game music, you can hear it. It is online. The previews are all online, and the soundtrack is actually being released next week on March 17th, months before the video game comes out. Amazing. So I have to, I have to laugh. This has nothing to do with the video game, but you you send us a, a like a rundown every week, like a little like cheat sheet, and oh. we we do <laughs> like Sue's five news articles, you know, a week. <laughs> I, I I'm sorry, it bears pointing out she not only slipped in a number six, but no, there's, yeah, there's two number ones and three news articles after number one. Flavor <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's her birthday. She can get away exactly. with it on her it's birthday. Sue's day, and we're just all gonna go with it. But oh man. You know, oh come on, gosh. Melly, work with me here. You're a news person. You gotta go with the flow, babe. 
you know, but anyway, I don't know. Gamers out there, if you're a big gamer like I am, I, I love the Harry Potter video games. And this the, this the composer is a man named James Hannigan, and he's composed some really great, beautiful themes for the Half-Life Prince video games. So. Where can you listen to them, Matt? Um, we have the links on our site, and it's at Amazon.com. Yeah. Uh, there's like 28 tracks or something that you can hear. It's, uh, nice. Yeah, it is. Wow. I thought the Slughorn theme is kind of cool. And... um. It was interesting because the BBC had done a preview article with him about it, and he talked. He worked slightly with the the film composer Nicholas Hooper, but um, you know, his, he does his own thing for the games. But still, kind of made me hopeful. Very cool. It's a good thing. Do you guys do Paul and Matt play the games or anything? Do you guys? Um, I don't own a gaming system. <gasps> no, no I like this Pac Man. Yes, but that's yeah. got nothing to do with Harry Potter. So do they have a Harry Potter version of that yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh god! Well, the glasses. How would that be? How would that work? <laughs> could just spell the ghosts away instead of having to eat them. It's fun to eat them. Well, I'd like it if it was like a Ron Jack Russell Terrier eating the Dementors. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my ro- my new roommates have a Jack Russell Terrier, and he's a cutie. And I could see them totally just being thinking they're the ish and like jumping up like yep, 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 yep. when they're not. They can't do anything. Wow, Frankie, so you have a dog? Are you going to bring your cat over there from your house? or No, wow, my cat's too wild. old to transfer. You can have the cat that hangs out in our uh, neighborhood, Frankie. McGonagall? Yeah, McGonagall lingers. Next, Sue. Uh, speaking of McGonagall, Beetle the Bard, which we kind of heard about McGonagall briefly in the footnote. Um, Beetle the Bard has been shortlisted for the Children's Book of the Year in the UK, which is a, kind of a big deal. Do we know what else is up for it? Yes. There's this book about some vampires, oh. something to do with it nighttime or morning time or twilight time or something time is up for it. Kind of. I was going to say, do you think the other authors are like pissed at Rowling for hogging the top spot? But now I don't really care about the other authors. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and one of them is Artemis Fowl, which my son loves. So, you know, oh, I, I mean, that's that. okay. I read one of them. Yeah. And people were just, of course, naturally, our fandom was like, no, how can you put Stephanie Meyer in there? But, you know. There you go. If you want to vote, the voting is open to the public. It doesn't matter where you live. You can go. The links are on Leaky, and we'll put them in our show notes, and so you can go vote. There you go. Go, Joe. Um, also, at the same time, Julie Walters has been nominated, as so is uh, Don French. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Don French. She is a brilliant comedian. She is so funny, and uh, they were doing Red Nose Day, and she, she does that. What's it? How do you say that? Chamber pot of what? How do you say that, Melissa? The chamber- Azerbaijan, which I only learned how to say. Oh, I love that. That's that so Yazer. awesome. That's the, the only reason I know how to say I that. love Let that. Share that. Oh, yeah. You're a woman, Harry. <laughs> she, but Don French wrote an autobiography, and, and so does Julie Walters, and they're both up in the same category. And Stephen Fry also has a book nominated. So, I mean, it's just, you know, Potter's ruling the world, baby. I'm just saying. Heck yeah. I love Stephen Fry. Have, do you guys all follow him on Twitter? Yes. No, I hear no. it's overrated. Nobody, everybody in the world follows him on Twitter. Exactly. He's got like two hundred and thirty thousand. I was following <laughs> Tina Fey, but then it found out that it wasn't really her. And I was what? Her? What are you talking about? It's not actually her. Nope. No, it's a phony. It's a phony. Yeah, it just came out like this last week, right, Frankie? It was just recent. We just found out, or last week. That we just yeah. No kidding. Oh no. I just started no. following her yesterday, and then the next day, or well, the day before yesterday, and then yesterday, we were like. It's not really her. And I'm like, no. Oh. But it's actually funny. I know. <laughs> That's what's tragic. <laughs> Frankie, did you ever end up finding Tina Fey on the Pottercast vlogs? No. No. Oh, but speaking of Twitter, you know who has a real one? Tom Felton, Draco Baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's Lush, which I love. I know. He's in the baths. That's so cool. I mean, our leaky what? staff, Lush. Lush bath products. We're all, we're all on Wiki obsessed with like the Lush bath products from England. 
And mm-hmm. Tom Felton like tweeted about it the other day. So the leaky staff was freaking out. It's funny. It was. I think we should and have you... like Tom Felton Twitter post of the week. That would be cool. I Just read <laughs> his most obnoxious twitters. A new segment. Wow, we're really reading, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for what's Tom Felton up to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's actually cool, though. I mean, because, you know, of course, the stupid press had to take it. Like, he's doing other films, and they had to say, oh, Draco's all bloody, and it's just, you know, so you never know. But it's really cool that these these famous people are taking the time, like Stephen Fry, take the time, and they interact with their audience. It's brilliant. I don't know how Stephen Fry does it. Honestly, I, I have no idea. The guy has written well, a bunch of books. He's been in so many things. He's written plays and movies and is starring in things and he twitters like 50 times a day like it's on the guy i don't i don't i have no idea how he does it maybe well in tom felton news he has just arrived at the bentley getting ready in a few hours the hotel's lovely and running himself a bath should be fun tonight kisses (laughs) (laughs) that's That's not his latest twitter that's is it one of them that's not replied to somebody you cherry picked I did share his, his latest Twitter was from three three years ago, three three hours ago, and it's not a, it's not a reply. Oh, look like you guys are a bunch of stalkers. Oh, come hey, on, you Twitter, Matt. Yeah, it's right. Thank but you. But I Frankie. don't stalk my own Twitters. And now what? it's time for what's Matt Majakmo up to on Twitter? Hey, <laughs> we want to know what's happening in the Whomping world. Come on, you got to give us more. Scores. Oh, I know what my last one is. Okay, what is it? I saw a license plate that said "Bear Up." And I thought it was the coolest license plate ever. John, what the heck is that? It's a bear. It's not a bear. Dying moose. That's a very ill. Sounded like he had gas or something. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Pottercast, guys. Aren't you glad you're here? Awesome. (laughs) Hey, John. Guess what? What's that, ladies? the first photo from filming the Deathly Hallows was not Hagrid's hut. No, the trend has been broken. No, it's Dan Ratcliffe walking through a forest. We always get a one shot of Dan, though. Okay, but we, Sue and I were talking about this. What What do we think yes. it was? We don't think it's the end because he's wearing a sweater. Mm-hmm. Oh no, he would never wear a sweater at the end. <laughs> it's always we'll Maggie at the it, end. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Whatever. Plus, he'd be all beaten up and stuff. We're, we're thinking Silver Doe. Ooh. Oh. Isn't that cool? He would be uh, wearing a sweater at that point. Well, yeah. It'd be chilly. But, I mean, doesn't it give you chills that the, you know to know that they're actually filming that right now? I mean, it just makes it... I don't, It just sounds so surreal and kind of tweet to say that, but it's, it's the end. It's this is like, the end. It is. They're doing the end it of it is. right now. It is. And it's just... Wow. And that's such a powerful... We had just talked about that not too long ago on our Bit by Bit. It's just... To realize that they're actually filming that scene right now. Guys, we're can, talking we, about. can we make a deal to get through the book before the movie comes out? <laughs> you think? What, the bit by bit? <laughs> before book six, movie six comes out, can we maybe get through Deathly Hallows? Hmm. I guess we could try. We're only halfway. I know. It's two <laughs> I was on the show last year. We were on, like, chapter seven. <laughs> we're on, <Hey>. like, <laughs> chapter 19 or something right now. It's all my fault. Oh, that's so funny. You said in the meantime, you've done, like, 95 shows. <laughs> we do a bit by bit once every month or so. Bit by bit. Yes. One page per show. Just before we get out of our little... T- I know we're a little bit past it, but before we get out of the Twitter conversation, I want to make sure everybody listening knows that Pottercast has a Twitter. I don't think we ever, ever talk about it, ever. Ever. Ooh. Not once. No. 
now. Well, no, because yeah. we're using it today to give people points. Yes. Twitter at Pottercast. Pottercast is the Twitter name. Thank you. Melissa, what was your riddle about? What was what? Your riddle on Monday really got me. I like. I was like, what? Okay. Paul and Matt, do you know about our... We do the Pottercast vlogs. On the YouTube. On the YouTube. I have been obsessed because of the nerd fighters. They introduced me to this thing called this is not Tom.com. And cause the guy that does it is a nerd fighter. And so he's been like, it's been like the big thing, but you can't, I'm, I'm one of those people that if I see a riddle, I got, I got to figure it out. I have to, I have to, I'm lost. And so every time he updates, whatever I'm doing, I will stop and I must solve. This is not Tom before moving on with my life. And it's, oh, it's, it's to, to recognize how ridiculous it is and what it does to you. I said, okay, well my month, my, my vlog on Monday, I'm going to make it a riddle. And I have, cackled nonstop since watching people try to figure it out it's like such a nice little piece of <laughs> relaxation for me knowing that i'm not the only person it's too difficult for me i can't handle it it's pretty hard my ego gets in the way because i don't figure it out then i'm like i'm good at riddles but i guess i'm not the guy who does this is not tom couldn't do it i had to help him oh which no. makes me very proud seriously because <laughs> so. his website i gave up i gave up after like like second or third, no, third level, and I just like have abandoned okay. ship. Here's the starting point for This Is Not Tom, because I think it's sort of like, that's kind of the piece of information that everybody gives out. If you go to thisisnottom.com, there's a guy sitting there, he's, uh, there's a picture of a guy. The bottom, it says, the quick brown, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, which is, it's like the, the standard sentence that uses every letter of the English language. The only mm-hmm. letter that's not there, if you look closely, is the letter I. Mm-hmm. That's a clue to click one of the guy's eyes and it it takes you to the next page and then there's another riddle and mm-hmm. then you go on and you go on and on and on and on and you get more and more riddles and it's and it's it's incredible. It directs you to a YouTube channel which directs you back to riddles and then there seems to be some sort of larger story going on. I mean the whole the whole thing is incredible and it's so much fun. And it, just a standard tip, wherever you are, check the source code no matter what you're doing. Look at what it says in the URL bar. Look at what it says. Like, look at what the images are named. Look at everything. Everything sure. is a clue. The guy's it's incredible. Obnoxious. Oh, it's amazing. It's so cool. I don't have the, the patience mm. and to, to sit and plot that out, just like Joe did with the books. I mean, you sit, this guy sits and does this. Well, he's a creative yeah. writer. That's, that's something really interesting. He's a creative writing major. And, it, oh, I didn't know you know, that. you can just yeah. imagine the kind of books he's going to spin out with that kind of patience. And mm. um, wow. anyway, this has nothing to do with Harry Potter. The hell are we talking about? No, nothing to do with Harry Potter. I'm sorry. We got into my vlog somehow. Can we? Uh, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Okay, I have Harry Potter news. We have casting news for Deathly Hallows. Yay. Mama Granger. Yes, Mama Granger. Thank you, John. Yes, yes. I'm excited about this. Mother Granger is has been cast. Yeah. That's awesome. Isn't it amazing? What kind of sweet think? dentist's outfits do you think she's going to get? <laughs> Tantalizing. No, I mean, why not? Why just the mom and not like the dad? Uh, the dad too, because like I, I'm, I'm imagining it's going to be about when she wiped their memory, and that's the only right. thing I can see how it could tie in. Maybe they haven't casted the dad yet, or maybe it's been casted, but it hasn't made its way to the news. I mean, that happens. But still, that they're doing that, that they're going to take the time out and filming because we've been bemoaning about things that have been cut. But guess what, everyone? This is our big news of the week. Things that we thought were cut are not. Oh boy! What do you mean? What do you mean? Because. We had a big scoop, and I'm going to pat my own self on the back. Yes. Leaky rocks. We have two confirmations now. Andy Linden for Mundungus Fletcher. Fletcher Mundungus is cast, as is Bill Weasley. 
Hey. Oh, cool. Who was yep. he look like? He is the son of Brendan Gleeson, who plays Mad Eye Moody. Oh, it's your and... favorite character, Frankie. Oh boy. And he has beautiful red hair, and he is a Tony Award-winning actor, and he is playing Bill Weasley. Huzzah! No, he's a Tony-nominated actor. Oh, he, that's right. He was. Yeah. What did oh, so he? They didn't not... win for it. Ishmore. He didn't win, right? He was he just won. nominated. He just nominated. Okay. Okay. He sucks. But still. Still, they cast him. A quality actor. They cast this part, guys. I just, I have to give Sue another pat on the back because Sue, Sue went and got the scoop and it was legit. Like, usually we report on other people's news because that's the nature of it. Other people do this full time. You know, Sue, this was our scoop and it has been hilarious and yes. disappointing <laughs> watching yes. all week. Everybody yes. um, not give Wiggy any yeah. credit <laughs> for getting the scoop. It's been oh, slu- who did that? Every other, n- nearly every other website. Yes. When when and, uh, twisted themselves yeah. into pretzels to avoid it. So yeah. But John. <laughs> but you know what? So. Doesn't this people give you hope that Fleur will be back, Flem will be back, and then they'll have oh. the wedding scene in? I mean, See, we had thought for sure. The, I hope she's the actual book floor because the movie floor was stupid. She was a pushover. Yeah. Well, she had butterflies, right? Or is that just the entrance of the John's favorite entrance to movies of all time? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> oh man! Don't oh my God! Burning butterflies. I forgot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's an old podcast joke. Wow, I remember it that is. one. <laughs> but this is what what gives me hope, though, as a fan, and I think that we can take encouragement for this: is that they're casting these smarter parts. I could see them easily, easily writing that out. You know, I mean, we had thought that, and we thought, okay, we can deal with that. But now that we have the two part film, and they're making the time and effort to put these characters in, and you know, Dunk yeah, Fletcher, you know, that Seven Potter scene's gonna be rocking. Yeah, you know, Screeful. So that means the only Weasley will never make the way to screen is uh, Charlie. Aww. Poor yeah. Charlie. Well, maybe they'll grab him for the end, for the battle. Yeah. Maybe so. he'll be at the wedding, right? Well, maybe. Oh, yeah, he should be. Got to get that Weasley family photo. Good promo. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're in the photo, like, you know, random actors right. for them, I think, right? Or in that big photo. The, the Azkaban one? The Egypt? Yeah, they're in Egypt. That's right, Frankie. Right. Yeah, the Egypt photo. Yeah. The Richard Alpert photo? Richard Alpert photo. Sorry. It's <laughs> so, a lost reference. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know. Uh, I love it. It's King Tut. King Tut. <laughs> it's our theory, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> we didn't make it on this show. Oh, boo. Oh, it didn't. I know. Oh. I, was, I was hoping they'd put us on. We called our friends at Jay and Jack last week and left, and left, a, and left a message, guys. So, <clears throat> we have other announcements, right? Are we going to do this at the end, Melissa Nelly? <clears throat> okay. Um, my audiobook is out. I'll tell you about more in the drums. <laughs> Did you get it? What segment is this? Is this this is a random this segment? segment? We're just talking to the guys. Do well, it, Melly. <laughs> or John. Do and it. Now it's time to talk to the guys. <laughs> it's John. <laughs> That's it, John. Beautiful. Who are the guys? The guys. This week. Am I the guy? Am I one of the guy? guys? Hey, Seiko Man, I hear you're the guy. Okay, okay. Man, Jack and got a little, a little bit of whatever up in here. Neely and Kelsey and the Jack. We are talking to Paul DeGeorge, <laughs> of Rockman, Harry Potter's 
Matt Majakamo of Wizard of Rock Band, The Whopping Willows, but more importantly, they are both members of the board of directors of the HP Alliance, and even more importantly than that, they are doing this great project on YouTube called Learn Your Stuff, and even more importantly than that, they're both involved in charity relations for Wizard of Rock, and so we have lots of lots to Just, but just a bunch of do-gooders. Just so You're good. awesome. Bunch of do-gooders. Bunch of Hermione's. What are you guys, members of Dumbledore's Hermione? army or something? My goodness. So, this goodness I mean, business. So much, you guys, you, you hear now and then, our readers, hmm. our readers know you play shows on our show. But, so, where do you guys want to start? It's so nice to have you back, first of all. Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be back. Heck yeah. You know, honestly, I, I think a good starting point is the uh, the Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club. Woohoo! Woo. Matt and I both work on that. And what is, that? what is it? Oh, how nice of you to ask, Sue. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm ever helpful, Hufflepuff that way, you know. We need well, to know the, these things. Uh, the e- I've been on the show before to, to talk about the EP Club, so thanks for giving me another chance because it's a new year, 2009. The Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club is a project I started back in 2007. Just as like Wizard Rock sort of got into full swing, and I was hoping it would be the kind of project that a bunch of bands could rally around and use it to do do something good in the world. And what we've done is it's it's like a subscription club where you sign up and you pay sixty bucks to sign up for the year. So for all of two thousand nine, it only costs you sixty bucks, and over the course of that whole year, you get. 12 different CDs from 12 different Wizard Rock bands. All the money we raise goes to pay first for the expenses, but then all the money that's left over goes to uh, different charitable organizations. And the first two years of the club, 2007 and 2008, have thus far raised over $30,000 for first book and the Harry Potter Alliance. And uh, coming up this year, we're hoping to you know, just keep rolling right along and we're raising money again for the Harry Potter Alliance. That's awesome. Who's in it this year? So this year, Matt, you want to take it? I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to keep talking and talking. I don't know, Paul, who is in it this year? <laughs> um, just kidding. Um, well, we have Harry and the Potters. We have the Whomping Willows. We have the Moaning Myrtles, uh, Tonks and the Horrors. Um, yes. Mary and the Grand Praise, who um, probably, you know, a fair amount of people, this will be a new band for you, but they are absolutely incredible. Um, awesome. There's so I mean, much fun. I just want to second Mary and the Grand Praise because they're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. <laughs> and, their, and their EP is astonishing. Uh, yeah. It's going to be one of the first that, that ships this year. We'll be making our, our first shipment in April, so... Um, people who subscribe will be getting uh, three CDs, and one of them is the Mary and the Grand Praise disc, which is awesome. One of the other two. Yeah. The other two shipping in uh, April are going to be Tonks and the Aurors oh, awesome. and uh, the Shrieking Shack Disco Gang. I've heard Tonks and the Aurors. She gave it to me. Oh, oh yeah. cheater! Yeah. No fair. Oh, I'm going to buy the thing that's regardless. But um, there's, a, there's a Springsteen cover oh, on it. Sort of. Really? <laughs> it's what is it a Remus version of Rosalita? Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, basically. <laughs> awesome. Um, no, th- so, 
Yeah. No, it's really oh, the, great. So much music did, for such, such a cheap price. Yeah, it ends up being about $5 a CD, and that's including all the shipping and handling. <laughs> yeah, um, we, we also have, um, this year we have uh, a big hip-hop presence, a whiz hop Sorry. Um, we have Swish and Flick, uh, Danny Dementor, <laughs> MC Creature, um, all of which represent the whiz hop movement uh, very well, so that's exciting. And this year we we have a lot of we have a good handful of bands coming from across the pond in the motherland. Big UK representation this year. Um, So if anybody from is listening from abroad, uh, we got three bands. There's Peeved, Riddle TM, and the Shrieking Shack Disco Gang. They're all from the United Kingdom. So is Rock really just getting? getting a leg up over there is it just oh no it i mean it's it's been established but it's from what i gather a little bit uh smaller i know um one band that i've been friend friendly with for a while is ramil devane and the chocolate cauldrons Um, yeah my friend amy she's she's awesome and she's actually done a lot of work trying to get a scene going there and I know there are a couple other people um, from England who have really tried to get things going over there. But, you know, it's uh, it's crazy in the States. And um, I don't think that craziness is, you know, it doesn't reach that level in other places quite as much. But there's definitely a, a, a good community there from what can I, I gather. Ask, can, can I ask you when, you, when you guys approach these bands, I mean, do you just say, okay, hey, we have this great charity event. Do you give them any parameters on the kind of material that they could put in? Or are they just free to do their own thing? I mean, there's, they're just, I always kind of wonder how, like, how you guys approach these bands and say, mm-hmm. hey, look, we're doing this kind of thing. What, what, well, what? we do try and keep it family friendly. Last year, uh, Matt put out the big wompy disc and he had to pass some lyrics my way for approval. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, I think pretty much everything flew. We try and try and avoid the, the cuss words. Just because a lot of people who subscribe are our parents who are subscribing for the younger kids, and uh, we don't we don't want to put them in a position where like their kid just grabs a CD out of the mail and it's got something you know that their parent might object to. So it's all right. it's kind of wholesome, but uh, you know I don't think Swish and Flick's going to be holding back really. <laughs> so no. Are there? Can I ask a question about the EZP bands? Yeah. Have there been many bands that they're only? Wizard Rock release has been through the EP of the month? Yeah, there's been a few. In fact, this year, a good handful of these bands, their only, e- their only releases are going to be through the club. Mary and the Grand Praise, Peeved. Wow. This is Peeved's first actual release. He's done a couple compilation things. Let's see, MC Creature, for sure. And then going, oh, yeah. back, going back to years past, there's, there's been a few. Remus and the Lupins, uh, yeah. a legend. A legendary EP from uh, 2007. <laughs> yeah, he's since released another though. Oh, that's that's right. Sorry, I totally. Yeah. Basilisk and your pasta. I think last year's EP was their only record to date. Yes, that's true. And that one's incredible and includes some some swears. And they also, they also spoofed Rihanna in the in the song that we heard right before the show started. Um, that's incredible. There was a uh, there was a band that. Uh, I, Awesome EP. Um, I think they were called the Dumbledores. Just, I, I was just Dumbledore. Yeah, that's oh, just right. Dumbledore. Oh, okay. Just Dumbledore, straight up. They were incredible. We should. We really need to hear more from. from 
Who is that? Is that like Andrew Slack or something? Or what's <laughs> my, my initial thought was it should have could have been Andrew Slack. Could have been. Unknown. Unknown who the mastermind behind Dumbledore is. Yeah. Well, I hope they're listening because we really it's it's time to, uh, to hear they some get more. Get some of more that. of that, yeah. I'm with you. All right, so action. we got we gotta almost like run right through all the stuff that you guys are up to because there'll be no more room left in the show. So mm-hmm. tell us about no new stuff, which we'll get to in a larger way. Oh, I later. love this. Yeah. Uh, basically no new stuff is um, a challenge that Paul and I are uh, doing together, which is that over the course of the first six months of 2009, we're uh, not buying any new stuff. Uh, We're recording uh, one video each per week and posting them on the Harry Potter Alliance YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash the HP Alliance. And basically using it as a springboard to talk about a, a bunch of different subjects like consumer culture and um, the environment and all kinds of stuff. Now, is it no new stuff, period, or no new stuff to you? Well, we have some, I guess, exceptions that we built into it. We, we actually had a pretty lengthy discussion before we launched the project about exceptions and some basic, like, no-brainers. We can buy food. And <gasps> we can buy, um, oh, we can buy toiletries and, like, things that you need. Um to live and then also things associated with our jobs because we're both musicians and there are certain things that you need when you're a musician and we also made exceptions for fellow independent musicians because we'd like to keep supporting artists that do what we do especially i mean yeah i mean in that regard like i feel like when an artist makes a new work it's not something that's you can get from (laughs) like a major corporation you know it's a work yeah. of art, and it's really personal and unique. The point of this project is to really explore beyond that and say, like, well, what are, what are the things we really need? Like, we're constantly being marketed, like, really simple things like soda, you know? And I know that's a food, but, like, just think about, like, these companies who are mass marketing soda to you or sneakers or something. People start to feel like there's a constant need to get whatever's new, whatever's brand new, like the newest iPod. You know, we were talking earlier about the new iPod Shuffle. Like, it's the same as the old iPod Shuffle. It shuffles four gigabytes of songs. Do you really need the brand new one? Because it's a little bit yeah. smaller than the old one. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, yes? A- no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Melissa does. I don't. I have absolutely <laughs> no need for it. I think the Shuffle itself is stupid. But it's just, uh, this is sort of like the this consumer culture that we live in and... It's it sort of rears its head in a lot of ways, especially now at at this time economically in the country, where you know people are becoming more and more conscious about their energy usage. For instance, you know, both because they don't want to spend quite as much money, you know, heating their home or on electricity and things like that, because they don't have as much money as they did say a year ago, but also because they want to make. They want to keep the world from becoming more and more polluted. You know, they want the world. Uh, they want to stop stop these forms of pollution. And and the no new stuff campaign is really fits in with that sort of greener mentality. Like, there's a lot of stuff out there already. Let's find ways to reappropriate that and reuse it. And let's find those how those kinds of things will fit into our own lifestyle. Well, that's interesting because that's the question I was at, I was curious about. Kind of like. Is it more of a question of abstaining from things 
or just being more intelligent and intentional on what you get and realizing stuff that's, like you said, that's already out there and reappropriating it. I really appreciate that. That's really good. You know, we've definitely, with this project, we're taking it to an extreme um, for ourselves. But I think the, the ultimate goal is to create dialogue and to not just make ourselves think about these things, but also encourage other people to think about them. You know, there, there are so many different discussions that have popped up as a result of this already. And, and that's really, and at least for me, that's the goal is to create dialogue. Yeah. And that's why we take this sort of extremist view. We're not, we're not saying like con- consumption is uh, like the, the great evil of society, but it is a factor. And so Matt and I are taking it to the extreme in the hopes that it'll just make people think a little bit more when they're at the store, you know, and holding something and like just question themselves for a second and be like, do I really need to buy this? Um, or are there other alternatives and make people think about those alternatives? So when Matt and I, I mean, if you follow the videos we're putting on YouTube, we'll encounter problems like Matt needs a new shower curtain. You know, how do you go about getting a new shower curtain if you're not buying anything new? And it's a little bubble bit wrap. extremist. Yeah, bubble wrap. Just lay down some bubble wrap. <laughs> which wow. which might end up being Matt's solution. And that would be kind of a cool shower curtain, you know, like this real homemade shower curtain. I'm not sure it'll work, but, you know, it might be worth a shot. Where do you where do you go get that much bubble wrap? I, I have it because I ship CDs all the time. All right. right. So I, I have like actually I don't ship that many CDs and that's why I still have the bubble wrap. But um, I have a big roll of it in my closet. So. I don't know. I, I'd have a problem. You could I'd just stitch there. it together. Yeah, I, I know what Melissa's going to say, and I totally agree. Right? You just stand there my... bubbles for hours. But you can't. Yeah. You've got no, no leverage on the other side. <laughs> oh, that's a good Damn. point. Oh, that is a good point. Boo. <laughs> no, it's good. It'll it sound, work. It sounded like such fun for a minute. Well, that's another thing is when you have house guests, are they going to stand there and like pop your shower curtain? Pop shower curtain. <laughs> that would be rude. I would. You'll need a sign. Please do not pop my shower curtain. <laughs> so what if like you put on a quote um, a thing for like uh, on Craigslist or FreeCycle or those places? Like I need a shower curtain. Totally legit. Yeah, absolutely. Totally cool. I think since I've been doing this project, more people have told me about FreeCycle than anything else. That that's a really cool site that people should check out if they're interested. Yep. What is it? FreeCycle. It's it's like it uses Yahoo groups, I think, doesn't it? Like for your area? Yeah, it's basically like when people are getting rid of stuff that they have around their house, they can just they'll put like a little posting, like, "Hey, I've got a desk in front of my house. Here's the address." Yeah, for for whoever wants to get it, and then they they'll they'll post an, a follow up notice when it's taken. Yep. So um, it's That's a pretty cool. easy yeah. way to get sort of some a lot of like common household <laughs> items potentially that other people just aren't using. I actually, um, this is kind of funny. I was in a, a thrift store today and I was just wandering around the electronics section because I was thinking that when I get my new place, I might like a DVD player or something. And I ran into an old friend and I just started telling him what I was doing. And he was like, hey, man, just come to my house. I, you can have my second TV set. So it looks like I have a free TV just by going to a thrift store, which is nice. Really awesome. Yeah, it was also kind of sketchy, but whatever. <laughs> he was wearing a leather jacket and sunglasses, which is kind of shady. But so, is the next time that we're going to see you guys at Uh in person? Yeah, I'm going to see Matt this week. Oh, yeah, you probably. are. I don't know that I'll be back east until then. 
Oh, there's, you know, there's like less than 70 days. Oh, what? my dear. Leaky Con. Why What's are they Leaky calling Con? it Leaky Con? What is Leaky Con, Melly? Let's, <laughs> Let's think. Okay. <laughs> well, well, so since I'm so glad you asked, Leaky Con is a conference thrown by the website, the Leaky Cauldron, and we're doing a lot of um, great charity fundraising work. It's a fully, fully charity conference, but more importantly, it's going to be three days of awesomeness at the in Boston, May 21st to 24th, and if you go to leakycon.com, you can get a registration link, and you should do that soon, because we are actually about to announce a couple of really amazing things, and it will accompany a price jump, so you really want to get your registration right now. <laughs> We have yeah. we got bills to pay. Have you guys not announced the, the thing that Matt and I are doing with the thing, you know, in the room? Or is that a what, secret still? What are we doing? The thing, you know, with the, the band and the thing and the talking in the room. Secret <laughs> 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 to me. But you guys, we should I saw, I saw the well, I saw the line light up. It was John Noe. Yeah. <laughs> But it's not really. It sounded John. like a sound effect, though. It is a sound effect. Oh, you clever dog, <laughs> John! <laughs> Gross. Really like that. Um, I don't know, Paul. Today we should point out that Paul, both Paul and Matt, are playing at LeakyCon. Um, we've announced this before, and um, I'm hoping to hear more from these guys about why they're wanting to do and play at LeakyCon. And can you guys do that in real quickly before we have to go about what? Dude. Why do we want to play at LeakyCon? Yeah. What's your involvement? I mean, why, why, you know, I mean, you can play anywhere. Why are you coming to LeakyCon? Because it, be it's only a 45-minute drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it? close. Is that it? I see. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very true. Nope. I mean, it's right in your guys' backyard. It's going to be really fun. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, here's, here's what convinced me. At the last Harry Potter convention I, I was at, Leaky put together a couple nights of programming outside of the convention Mm-hmm. And it was seriously like the most fun I've had at a convention was at these two two nights that they programmed. And I was like, wow, these guys really have their stuff together. Um, nice. And I, I figured that they would be doing a pretty, <laughs> pretty sweet, putting together some pretty sweet rock and roll shows for LeakyCon. So that's why I'm involved. Awesome. Thank you. I see. I remember that night at Rock Reggie's at Terminus was, yeah, that was one of the best nights I've ever had in a fandom ever. And it was all yeah. by our Con staff. And Matt actually has been in charge of organizing the Wizard Rock for Con, so. Yeah. Oh. That was my real answer because I was yes. asked to run Wizard Rock <laughs> at LeakyCon, so I'm, I'm obligated to play, really. Can I give a, a little plug to uh, some unofficial uh, programming happening on the Sunday that LeakyCon ends? Yeah. Ooh. Scoop. Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. at the Middle East in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right across the river from uh, LeakyCon is uh, going to be the first and best Wiz Hop show ever. Awesome. Uh-uh, are you serious? So dope. Uh, Swish and Flick, Dumbledore, Big Wompy, ah. DJFF, MC Remus and the Lupins, uh, MC really? Creature... The notorious NEV, Grizz and his orange. The notorious NEV. NEV. Let's think. Yeah. Who that be? Is that amazing? Hey, Paul, yeah. is that that guy? You totally. Know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's um, awesome. He's been talking about that for a while. Oh, my God. Well, he said he'd do it. So uh, I hope anybody from Leaky can come because we'll still be like, like 
breaking things down and you're cleaning up. Cleaning Forget up. it. Yeah. You gotta come. It's oh, like a yeah. one to four nice. p.m. Okay. at the Middle East. It's only like ten bucks. That's awesome. Buy tickets now. And there was something was else it? regarding was the Rock at the Conference that you wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, um, part of as part of the programming at the conference. <laughs> Um, Matt and I are putting together, I guess you would call it workshops yeah. that are for people who are interested in starting bands. Uh, we'll just be, well, we're actually going to try and get a lot of the Wizard Rockers at the conference involved in running these workshops that will cover anything from like starting a band, uh, recording, um, playing live shows, booking yourself, tours and shows and things like that. We'll probably have like six or eight hours of programming uh, where you can learn about being in a band if that's something that interests you. And there's going to be, as in conjunction with that, or in addition to that, there's also going to be a whole bunch of Harry Potter Alliance programming as well where you can uh, learn more about the HP Alliance, what they're doing, and how you can be involved. Plug, 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 yeah. Wizard Rocky P of the Month Club. And there's going to be a, a ton of, of uh, presentations and programming that we're going to announce soon, um, and as well as some keynotes, which I'm telling you, if you are even slightly on the fence, you better get your registration soon. Um, hmm. Because Not lying. She's no, not. Not lying, at least. <laughs> so, yeah. WikiCon.com, all your links are there. Um, guys, I think we have to go over to the drums. Woo! Quick drums, quick drums. Quick drums, quick drums. We'll try and make quick it fast. Drums. Matt, I'm sorry. One, one last thing from Matt. Surely. Now it's awkward. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, you should all subscribe to the Wizard Rock EP. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that I'm releasing a new album at LeakyCon, so that's another reason why you should go. That's, that's my CD release party, Friday night. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Very nice. Cool. I'm about that. And guess nice. who's doing the artwork? Who? Frack. Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, oh the sketches. I haven't. I've seen the sketches. Uh, I've seen the sketches. sketches. Okay, we gotta go to people's. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. 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 And welcome everybody to Bit by Bit, where we go through Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows a little bit at a time. Emphasizing a bit at a time. <laughs> we are on chapter 20 now, making our way through part one. Xenophilius Lovegood. We are going to do it. Hey, we're more than halfway through. I wonder, when did that happen? I wonder if it would take us longer to do the bit by bits for Deathly Hallows, or would it take like a fourth grader longer to handwrite Deathly Hallows? <laughs> <laughs> it would be not going to Wait, if you just connecting letters? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, connecting. Cursive. I learned joined up writing. Just oh, thank you, Gilderoy. That's yeah. very good. Idea. <laughs> um, now, Xenophilius, being Luna's father, do you think he's Ravenclaw too? Uh, yeah, I do. I, think I do. He, he yeah, yeah. Really. He's got that inventor's mind. Whether or not they're any good. <laughs> but so awesome. Mm. This chapter, I really enjoyed this chapter because we've just came out of the Silver Doe, which is that emotional return of Ron, and they had that incredible battle. They destroyed the Horcrux. I mean, it was such an amazing chapter, and I didn't know what to expect. And then now, you know, <laughs> here's Harry. Hermione's still irked at Ron. I love that. Hermione's still being a bit of a bee, to be honest. No, John. <laughs> well, Hermione, I mean, she, was... she should be happy everybody is reunited. 
Oh, she is happy, but she's I know just... the front girls do where they put on the "I'm still angry at you because you owe me some groveling," but <laughs> she's already forgiven him at this point. That's true. She's just being a bee. She <laughs> wants her set of you know her due diligence of groveling. That's what girls do. But is Hermione always gets A's. I don't understand what you mean. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm being. But difficult. I love how Joe writes. She's like. Dirty looks and bayful, bayful oh, yeah. presence, and just, yeah. you kind of got totally got the impression that Hermione was just non happy camper. Though she wrote it perfectly. Just, no, yeah, it was completely dead on to how yeah. girls are. Mm. No, <laughs> just how anybody is after you've had a you know this kind of. No, I think that was just I could apply it to guys. That's not how I am. When someone pisses me off, oh. and they come back with it, I get the, right the hell over Listen it. Listen to her laugh. And whatever, I don't hold a grudge. Hmm. Come on. Sorry, I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> I just never get what upset at saying? anybody. So. No, the John technique is to just let, let enough time go by, and then it never happened. Mm-hmm. That, that is a, a very technique. healthy coping <laughs> mechanism. It is. It is. Not at all. You never I, acknowledge I'm being very problems. sarcastic. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. so, it, like, anyway. as Sue was trying to steer us on course... <laughs> <laughs> after the silver dough and um, now what gave them the idea to go find Xenophilius well no wasn't Hermione though I mean that's later in the chapter but we learned that Hermione is doing some reading while she's ignoring Ron and Harry while they're off raw doing their thing right so I think it was just- and they wanted didn't they want to know more about the hollows and he's the only one who's ever mentioned them right well do we want to talk about that part now because uh, it's in the book when he's she's reading the Dumbledore book or something or about this, and then she's talking about um, the mark you know it's wasn't it mark yeah. on his what, is it, what does he call that the deathly hallow mark what is it what, what, what do we call it's, that this, yeah it's the mark it's the symbol it, of the hallows yeah it's just the mark it's just yeah it's like a mark a hallows quester symbol it's like um, like a grail quester symbol Wow. Oh, that's cool. Kind of like the Knights of the Templar or something. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's like it, it's like it signifies that you're somebody who searches for them. I see. Kind of in this goofy, you know, we belong to a club that's on a real-world scavenger hunt for many, many years. Not the, I'm Harry and I'm connected to a deeply mystical ancient past and I'm actually going to get the hallows. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hallows, <laughs> like, come uh, here. Flashing sign. Thank you. Hallows. Yeah. Harry's <laughs> Nicholas Cage and... Uh, oh, no, take that back right and, now, please. And, and... No, no, no. And Xenophilius... Um, go with me on this. <laughs> and Xenophilius is the cop. No, he's not the cop. He's um not the bad guy mm. either. Who's like somebody that was kind of... Maybe Harry's Jack Bauer... And Xenophilius is like Chloe. Bill Buchanan. No, you, you didn't, you're not going with the metaphor at all. You're just making people up. I just want to give people <laughs> like cool powers and guns and let them go. No, can we not ever call guns good ever? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't want to give characters guns. Oh. What do you think a wand is? That's where you were going with this. Yeah, but you need intelligence. You don't just point and shoot. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, it's different, I think. Can we kind of back yeah. up here for a minute? I want to talk oh, about right. why. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I mean, Harry, you know, I mean, Rob was, they were talking about that someone helped them with the Horcruxes. Now, I mean, that was not my first thought, but I guess he would, that's what he, they would be going through Ron's mind. Like, woohoo, they got some help. Somebody's out there. We got some good guys. And Harry's like, yeah, but I mean, I think that I would be more like, woo, not woohoo, someone help us like, Oh my gosh! Someone's out there knows that we're here. Don't you think? Is that me? Am I being paranoid? I don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. The fact that like, oh, they're like, yeah, let's go get some help, rather than like, hey, 
Are we sure we didn't want to expose ourselves? No. I mean, you know, he's like joyful that like he says that someone sent that dough. Someone's on our side. Oh, you know? yes. He's yeah, yeah. like gung-ho. But here they are on the run hiding. They've been doing, you know, everything in their power to hide. And then somebody just, you know, tracked them down like that. Now, granted, it was for good, but I'd be like a little bit more cautious. I don't know. Maybe I'm just old and paranoid. But No. <laughs> Maybe they're just used to having random... Like, things happen to them because of the whole magic aspect of their life. And to us, it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's well, like a can... text message to them. Harry doesn't want to go. Harry doesn't want to go see the Love Goods. No, I, yeah, I, I they had to I convince could... him to do it. Yeah. Well, and he, got, right. he got voted, like, they voted to do it, and Harry's like, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, time. he realized that Ron was trying to earn some points with Hermione, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which is doubly annoying, because Ron didn't care where the hell they won. He just wanted Hermione to get him. You know, back on our good side. And so, like, they, yeah, they get the idea for, to go because of the the symbol, and then Harry remembers the wedding, that the the fight that him that Crumb and Xenophilius had, and then Ron's the one that knows where they live because it's just close to the borough. We're doing awesome. Yeah, I know we are. Well, no, it's just like we skipped. You skipped like the like first ten pages there, and I I'm was sorry. Like, yeah, yeah let's go back. A lot of this. I mean, it's a lot of this. I mean, it's just I mean, minor it's like stuff. Six but... pages. There's a lot of this that we we um you know. Oh, that's right. We, have been we learned, about the, we learned about the taboo. Right. No, that's that a big cool. deal. That's a huge plot point. So Ron was right the whole time. Don't say his name. Yeah, that was awesome. Yay for Ron being right. I like that. Another score. Yay. Because, you know, because a lot of times, every time Ron says something, it's usually wrong. So he turns out to be right. That's when they find... Uh, how did he find out about that? Because the Snatchers? Yeah. And he found out about the taboo. And that was a... Um, I remember that I, when I was reading that, I was like, oh, because I was so curious as to how those stupid Death Eaters found them and caught and, and whatnot. It's so, it's really, it's such a smart curse. It is. I mean, I, it's one of my favorite spells. And I, and I re, like we've said before, and I think in the Canon Conundrums or something uh, a few months back, I really enjoy the fact that Voldemort didn't have the resources to do that spell until he took over the ministry. I think he needed the, the ministry's like resources to do such a complex like blanket type of spell like that. It's, it's kind of like the mm-hmm. taboo. I mean, it's kind of like the um, – what's that called when the underage wizards – what's the term they call it again? The trace? Yeah, the trace. Yeah, it's. I, I imagine it, the the like the anatomy or the structure of that spell or the theory behind it would be very similar to the taboo because it's kind of like it's kind of over a blanket spell that kind of just exists and then so when something happens it like interferes with it which kind of makes like the crosshairs kind of intersect like crossing the beams or whatever. I mean that's some complicated magic and how 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 long does it last? Like how wide is it? What you know? Like, exactly. How. Do you do this? Honestly, I think it has to do something with the with the resources of the fact of the ministry. You know, it's kind of yeah. scary that they can that they can track what everybody is saying. Yeah, it is. So that's very Big Brother, don't you? Very. Patriot Act. But I mean, that's pretty. That's kind of that's that that is very clever on their part. You hate to give them credit, but credit is due there. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, and, it was uh, it, it was an ingenious spell because then it's like one of those things that. Bo- it's just it's two birds with one stone because it's mm-hmm. it's it's punishing people and keeping a tra- a track of the people 
who need to be watched. The ones that yeah. would say it so abrasively like that, they bear. were the ones that probably need to be watched. And it's like, mm-hmm. they just, it was a stroke of genius. You know what else we learned too in that, that early chat, like chatting that like uh, Harry and Ron were doing too, is that like they got Kingsley or they almost got him too, which I thought was really kind of a cool way to like give an update on what happening because Kingsley is not exactly a wimp by anyone. Uh, no. Oh, you know? No. And then, he, you know, and here I just had this vision of, you know, and it says a bunch of Death Eaters cornered him. And so he's on the run, and you just think that wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if it I see him dollars. kind of like uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Kingsley didn't have a bunch of uh, confundus charms on him or whatever. I just um, gave Dollish a prop, and you're all. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm just <laughs> so used to it being negative. It's like knee-jerk reaction there, John. It is. Well, um, what the hell? <laughs> well, it's canonical for that to be a knee-jerk reaction. That'd be like me mentioning there. Muchka and you thinking automatically I'm saying something not nice. Well, when I could say she's a sweet little cat. anything nice about her. I certainly did, the day I met her. <laughs> okay, can we not so, be on Muchka now? Yes, All right. avoid Muchka. So Kingsley. Yeah, I, I, see, I see Kingsley kind of like, um, what's his name in Star Wars? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Landau Carizian? No, 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 not Landau. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if and, 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 well. and the newer ones. Oh. oh, the newer ones. That's not canon. No, <laughs> it's not canon. Sure it is. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Come on. Uh, oh, um, Mace, Mace Windu, I think. What? Yeah. The guy with the Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. I see well, him uh, kind of like Kingsley yeah. running around like, like a B.A. Here's a piece of this chapter I love, is that okay. when um, Ron is talking about Dumbledore and Grindelwald being friends and how they found that out through the book, it says people are talking about it a lot, but it's not that big of a new deal. It's not, it's not that big news right now because of everything else that's going on. And, you know, it's not that big of a deal. He was really young, and Harry said he was our age. And I, when I first read that, it was just like, oh, look at the difference between Dumbledore at their age and Harry, Ron, and Hermione at their age. Like, they're far less able, but far better. Yeah, you right. Know? Wow, you're right. That's actually that's weird to think of it that way. I kind of just like kind of skimmed through that part the first time I was reading, but now that upon reflection, you're right. That's really, really powerful. Wow. Well, I, I like how they pointed that out because it, it it was a nice, subtle way and not a heavy-handed way, just to reinforce that you don't have to make mistakes when you're young and you don't have to make excuses for stupid behavior like oh I'm young, whatever. It's like Harry's made a decision to do what's right. And just because he's young, he's not going to be like, oh, well, I have room to make mistakes, or I'm just being a kid, quote-unquote. It's like, no, I'm taking responsibility for my actions and trying to do something about it, which was nice. And it wasn't like a heavy-handed way of exposition saying, like, send like after-school special, like, you know. Mm-hmm. So. so Hermione and Ron want to go to – they talk about the, the mark, and they really want to go see Lovegood, and – Harry says no, and why? Why is this? Is he just he just wants to be on the Horcruxes, or is he 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 says that he doesn't want it to be another Godric Hollow, right? Yeah. Well, you can understand why he's a little bit gun shy. Yeah, he's just I don't think know. he liked him to begin yeah. with. He didn't only like Xenophilia from the wedding interaction, right? No, he because too keen on Xenophilia. No, he wasn't. Yeah, because he, he took. Um, I think he leaned more towards Crumb's side. Like, why would he wear that symbol type of thing? And then exactly. now, after learning about. As much about Grindelwald as he has is kind of like even more so. Like, why would why mm-hmm. the frick would you wear that? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. So I can see him being a little reluctant. Well, sure. They you operate know, on over. This is when we learn that the Burrow is just like 
right over there, and it's kind of weird. Which is, I found so strange, because you'd think that Ron and Luna and them should have been childhood friends, that they live so close to each other. How many wizarding families are in the neighborhood that, like, you ignore your wizarding neighbors? But proximity no. isn't an oh. issue in the wizarding world. Yeah. Because they have teleporting, so it's not like... Plus, it's, it's not like, like you're down the street and you're going to borrow a cup of sugar. It's more like, you know, you're two farms across... 100 acres or something, you know? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's people in your apartment complex you don't know, right? Yeah, but if if there was only a one wizarding family and other, you know, if we were the oh. only wizarding apartment and there's another wizarding apartment <laughs> in the same complex, I'd know who the hell they were and we'd probably hang out. It'd be a yeah. pretty big thing to have in common. That's true. But I think, again, just like I've always said, if teleporting ever becomes practical, um, I, I really think uh, real estate um, prices would balance out around the, the, the nation <laughs> just because... <laughs> Location. Really? I do. You need to the housing crisis. Just make teleporting. There you go. Because you could teleport. You could have a house in like like you know in like Kansas and go to work in LA. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? True. It would just and it would level out all the pricing. Yep. Yeah. No, there'd, there'd be no more airline industry and no more cars. Well, no mean, more pollution. You wouldn't. Nobody teleport. would have any jobs. <laughs> no jobs. You wouldn't teleport to the store. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine I would. teleporting would be like going to the train station, go to the teleporting station. Oh, oh, like get everyone a little capsule. Like you can't just apparate. You need like. No, no, no. It's, it's a technology thing. Imagine the splinching. Oh. oh. Yeah, See, I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> Well, not with all your luggage, too. I just think that could be cumbersome. I see, know. I could see luggage being able to be teleported a lot sooner than bodies. Well, I think I don't ever think living things are going to be able to teleport it because essentially what it is doing is you're tearing apart the molecules in one area and using matter in the other area and rebuilding it. So you'd be a new Yeah, person. you're like destroying it in one place and recreating it identically somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And unless then that bring, can, brings all these moral, spiritual questions as well. Yeah, and then unless exactly. you can fold time and space and you just kind of make and you puncture it, then that's the only thing because you're actually just step you're moving time and space I and not love, us. I love how we're talking true. about this as though it is something but, that might happen if not for these problems. Hey, a lot of things you know, in science fiction has come true, true over the years. Very true. They've but, done it. They've they've transported. Um, you're lying. Uh, what was it? Like a lying. single atom or something? Oh, they, I know the, what you mean. Or like a little bit of light, or I don't know what the hell they did. I don't think it was light. It was something. And they're like, wow, we did it, this tiny, tiny, tiny little thing. So it's possible, but it just took so much energy that the equivalent to do like something as big of a person would be like an atomic bomb times 10 or something. <laughs> so I don't okay. think we'll see that in our life. As long as Mrs. Hawkins is not in charge of any wizarding teleporting <laughs> things. Hey, no spoilers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's wrap it up and go on to the wrap-up. <laughs> see you in the wrap-up, guys. See ya. Can I just interrupt the drum second? <laughs> just to start with my own selfish, greedy, helpful, puffly self. Thank you, thank you all for making this such a wonderful, wonderful birthday. You oh, have made you. this an extraordinary between the Lolos and the Wheezies and the, the, the comments and the twits and the, the Facebook comments. And I just, I mean, seriously, I mean, it is, I often squeal a lot and stuff, but I have been, I told Melissa last night, I was actually speechless. And um, I, I want you, I mean, it is easy to become emotional and dramatic about stuff, but there have been extraordinary people in this fandom and you have touched me and moved me very profoundly today. So thank you very much. Sue called me when her when her post went up last night, crying. 
Was, did you listen to the, the song that is on oh, the post? Bandersnatch did the Susical the musical. I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I mean, I, I, awesome. I am nothing. I am nothing. Now, I can't imagine. I don't understand that someone would take this time and, and do all this. You would make these videos and do these songs and, and just, I, I just. Um, Bandersnatch has been with us for like. Overwhelmed. He is one of the, he, yeah, he's one of the longest leaky readers. Yeah. Now, so. It's awesome. Yes. So thank you again. I'm sorry to interrupt that, but that interrupt. was very Happy important. Birthday, sorry to have a record on it. Yes, so. can, can we all do a, a live happy birthday? Yeah. Somebody else count us down because. Three, three, two, two, two one. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. Awkward school song style. Yep. Your two of my idols are singing over with my wheezies, and I'm just, I can't even, you know, it's horrible, but I love you. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Okay. Awesome. Okay. uh, Paul, you had a Twitter challenge thing? Woo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, This is, this is more Matt Majacomo trivia. Uh, And it's for for people, probably only people who subscribe to the EP EP Club are going to get this. But um, for the first three people who know who produced the What Up Hogwarts song, the first song on the Big Wompy record, if they Twitter that, they get big, big points for their house. Who produced it? Right? Who produced What Up Hogwarts on the Big Wompy album? That's going to take... That was last year's last year's EP. Oh right, okay. Just that song, "What Up Hogwarts?" Who produced it? Oh my god, it? there's five results already. Let's see. What? Um, Tom Felton. <laughs> Tom Felton. Paul the George. No, no. Um, really? Heaves Pranker Matt. Oh no, that's no, no, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a thing so you know what the correct answer is. Okay, so we'll, we'll know when it comes in if it comes in. Oh, oh that's funny. Okay. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. All right. Um, also, it, we nice. had a couple of questions come into the... Somebody said, I don't know my BFF. We had a couple of questions come into the Twitter. Somebody says they should totally be studying the podcast. Oh, someone got it. Seriously? Unless I'm very much mistaken. No, you're absolutely right. I like books on my leaky. The username. I like books on my leaky. Way to go. Nice. Yeah, like what? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. That's a hard one. Dumbledore. The answer is Dumbledore. Oh, my hey, goodness. Two people guessed me. What the hell? That's awesome. <laughs> one of the questions that's come in is, can Wampy and Harry and the Potters please come to New Zealand? Yes. <laughs> please I'm fly there. us out there. I am so there. Totally want to do that. What uh, time is it in New Zealand right now? <laughs> I don't know. Pink mostly asks, is the audience... This, this, she's reminded me to talk about this. Is the audiobook of Harry History going to be on iTunes? <laughs> yes! It is on iTunes right now. And I have a link. It's tinyurl.com slash um, Harry History iTunes. 
you go to that link, you will go to the audiobook of Harry History on iTunes where you can purchase it. I'm just I'm just going to read from it right now and give it to them for free. Harry a History by <laughs> Melissa and Nelly. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a wizard and many people really loved him. <laughs> the end. No, that's, not, <laughs> that's my book by Melissa. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. I, met, I, I tried... Know. I tried to get the the contract on that read aloud thing, but you wouldn't. Yeah, you were wouldn't close. You were close. You were in the running. So I'm writing a I'm writing a guide to it. It's gonna be out <laughs> <summer>. <laughs> nice. Did you just say You're that? So terrible. Um, there's gonna be a. Cl- How about I play a clip right here? Hmm. What clip? Okay. We've heard. What have we heard, yeah, what we heard of of hmm. with Sue and John on it? And I'll do a second what? little clip with 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 uh. The, the voice for Paul. Awesome. <laughs> I don't awesome. think his voice is Matt. I don't think there's like a quote. Is there a quote from Matt, or is it just? Do I just talk about Matt? What? Do I like quote you verbatim in the book, or do I just talk about you? Um, I think you just trash talk me, really. Yeah. So maybe we won't play that clip. <laughs> she does not trash talk. <laughs> she does not. For people at home, are like, oh. I was just trying to get you some more sales. Harry, a history, the true story of a boy wizard his fans, and life inside the Harry Potter phenomenon. By Melissa Anelli. Narrated by Renee Rodman. Chapter 1. Release. Within 24 hours, everyone would know. They'd read about it on their computer screens or in the newspaper. They'd find out on their way to work or over morning coffee, listening to the radio or watching television. The news would be shouted into their cell phones or overheard on the train. They'd talk about it at the water cooler and on coffee breaks. There'd be group emails, message board postings, hastily scribbled notes. They'd call grandchildren and grandparents to share and discuss. The news would race around an electric ribbon in Times Square and on billboards in London and news tickers all over the world. It would break into regular broadcasts and be teased on the morning shows. It would be whispered behind cupped hands in classrooms and screamed across playgrounds. Some would laugh and others would cry, but all would be affected. The news would skitter at light speed, unstoppable through landlines and fiber-optic cables and over airwaves until it reached workplaces and houses and playgrounds, multiplying until it could weave itself into a blanket and cover the world. See you online at 5 a.m.? Podcast right after? I asked. No answer. Sue? A high-pitched squeal exploded out of the phone and assaulted my eardrums. I held the phone at arm's length. Oh, my God, Melissa! It's coming now! Yeah, I think it is, I said, and with that she had infected me. The words wavered as though I'd rattled them, and I danced a little on the spot. Five minutes later, I was on my way home. I called John on my car phone as I hit the Staten Island Expressway, which was thick with late January mush. He answered thickly, and it sounded like I was distracting him from something more important. So, are you ready for this? I asked and told him what I thought was about to happen. Are you kidding me? John yelled. Now? Holy! And he let loose a stream of obscenities. That's it? We're on a six-month timer? Looks like. I'll be damned. What am I going to do with school? 
John worked on a trimester basis, which meant he didn't get the same summer breaks as every other student, and the idea that he might not be able to take part in whatever celebrations were going on this summer was already causing a tightness in my chest. I'm going to need about a month off. We'll work it out, I told him. The phone rang, and I laughed upon seeing the caller ID. It was Paul. Was word spreading so fast inside this community that it had already gotten to the rock stars? Yo, to George. Yo, Anelli, he said, as always, sounding slightly bemused. I waited for him to ask me if the rumors were true. I've got news. So do I. I'm announcing the EP of the month club tomorrow. He might as well have said, I'm going to the moon tomorrow. I'd have the same reaction. Such a bad idea, man. What? Why? I filled him in. No announcement of any kind in our community would get any play tomorrow except one. Not even if Bruce Springsteen decided to cover Britney Spears for Paul's charity compilation would it get any attention tomorrow. To my surprise, Paul wasn't annoyed. He just started talking more swiftly than his usual sauntering pace allowed. When do you think it'll be? Joe and I are betting on July 31st. We're planning our whole tour around it. I've got it all mapped out. We'll be back in Boston for the release. The birthdays, you know? But that's not a Saturday. They always come out on Saturdays, I offered, then yawned and exited the highway at my stop. All right, I have to get home and email everyone in the world. Check the site when you get up, if it's even working. Helplessness while driving made me twitchy. I thought briefly about calling Cheryl, but that would be pointless. She wouldn't be able to tell me anything anyway, and to press her wouldn't be fair. And besides, she'd just lie. In fact, I realized, laughing grimly, she had lied to me less than a week ago. We had had dinner, and she had said, Oh, I was going to get her back, and soon. There was nothing left to do, not until I got to my computer. The news started breaking widely. Behind me on my television screen, someone handed the anchorwoman a folded white piece of paper as though they were announcing a war had broken out. My phone started buzzing with text messages and then calls. In the next few hours, all the news outlets would pick up the story. The announcement would run all around the world. School children in Ireland would write the date on pieces of white paper and post them all over their school's walls. At a university in Australia, one student would shriek and fall off her chair. The news would go no faster around the Times Square ticker than through past notes in high school classes. Later, the mingled joy and sadness at the date, and at the end of it all, would start to spread over the fandom. Cheryl would finally call me and shout, We know something you don't know, through her speakerphone, and I'd swear to get my revenge at an undetermined date and time. Paul would email me with expletive-enhanced declarations about having to reschedule his whole tour. JKRowling.com would update with further news. And the leaky cauldron would groan and crack under the traffic, leaving us to hold the site together with the digital equivalent of silly string and a Band-Aid. But all that would come later. For now, all I could do was stare at the words I had just written on my screen— words that would shape the next several months of my life, 
that signified the end of an extraordinary time, a time that had given me confidence and purpose and independence, an era in which millions of people found fun and community and enchantment under one boy wizard's thrall. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows will be published on July 21st, 2007. <laughs> Thanks. What book would Matt and Paul recommend for sending in to the HP Alliance his Akio books? What an excellent question, Wanderer44. Yes. Um, cool. Uh, it's good to address this, too. Uh, thank you. The Harry Potter Alliance right now is running a campaign called Akio Books. It's sort of like a Harry Potter fandom-wide book drive. And one component is that we're collecting books to send to a village in Rwanda for, uh, well, they're basically Rwandan orphans. Their parents were all victims of the Rwanda genocide 15 years ago. And so we're sending books to this village, this sort of village that focuses on create creativity and arts and music. But good books to send their way, they're sort of at a... Uh, they're learning English, so English is becoming the national language in Rwanda. So English books are absolutely fine. They, we are collecting Harry Potter books. I'm pretty sure we have enough Harry Potter books already. Um, the results have been really great. We've had over 400 books pledged to Rwanda. Uh, I guess other books uh, that fit are good books for that you would think are good for teenagers, because these are teenagers there. So they're just like a lot of you guys. So whatever you guys like reading, if there's a book you really love, send it in you know i'm sending in his dark materials nice you know luna's luna wears wings just twittered at us and this is amazing and i and i hope we can talk to her personally and figure out how to make this happen but she said if we helped run a book drive for nhs at our high school last week can all of those books count for the hpa and it would be something like this. well depends on what house you're in if you're in gryffindor heck yeah puffs are always welcome baby where's wings say it in the chat too. Hufflepuff is killing. Are they really? Yes. Oh man, Hufflepuff's got like five thousand points, and Gryffindor's got like six hundred. <laughs> oh my god! Embar- embarrassing. Well, you know I what? The Raven. Yet, so. I haven't done mine either. Yeah. A lot of guys. Are now Pick up some the slack. Well, not Raven Claws. Ravenclaws. Yeah. <laughs> Ravenclaws are last. I wonder if she took Brian's suggestion that <laughs> Brian on the on the call for Akio book suggested that. That all the Slytherins steal all their sisters' old <laughs> <laughs> It was awesome, Brian. Um, I should point out that the Ravenclaws are doing a secret, top secret thing that they are made trying for a push for an end. But you know what? Uh, you know what? Even if the Hufflepuffs do not win the cup, it doesn't matter to me. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter because I want us to win. It does. But the ultimate goal is to give books, and I, I, I just applaud those who have given, and that those are going to, and um, it's an awesome thing. So y'all rocks, woo for that, and be there Sunday, right, guys? Right, Sunday. That's right. Sunday? We do. We're gonna. We're gonna. But hasn't been officially announced. But we are having another call on Sunday for Accio Books, sort of a follow up call with some some other guests. I'm gonna. Andrew, yeah, I'm gonna like, announce. It's on, it's on the leaky page, but it's not like in a full post yet. It's just kind of like buried in this post. Yeah, yeah, there, there was just some confusion over the time because of daylight savings. But I think it's 2 p.m. Eastern is going to be a Harry Potter Lions call. Hank Green's going to be on the call this time. Whoa. Call them back. Heck yes. He's going to sing his Twilight song because... <laughs> and there's more, there's more on the Accio Books campaign if you hit the HP Alliance website. It's the hpalliance.org. And I want to give a shout out to Janet Gatz 
from Palo Heights, Illinois, who subscribed to the Wizard Rock EP Club. Thank you, Janet. For for information, guys, by the way, on that HP on that HPA call and all the other stuff that we do on this channel, because this channel is becoming like a bit of variety, everything. So you need to, you can just if you follow the channel, there's a button under our little video thing. If you fo- press follow, um, you will get a alert every time we go live, and our schedule, as you can tell right under the chat, is posted on the page. So you'll never go astray if you hit the follow button. Work it. Awesome. Can you add notes, notes to the book they want to know? Absolutely. You're encouraged to. And make sure you put the HP Alliance website in. Okay? Awesome. Awesome. Till next time, keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be... Metallic... Fish. <laughs> keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Missed it. W3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great Scott, no wonder. Look at the time we've been here for two hours. Spooky how the time flies when we're having fun. This week's Pottercast was edited by Michael Beckett, Seth Brown, and Andrew Garner, and produced by John Noe. Special thanks go to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and every other episode of Pottercast, which can be found at Pottercast.com. Pottercast is the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. For more information about Pottercast or to learn how to be a part of future episodes, visit us at Pottercast.com.